Matic. Becky, great ball in. Ellen White for Manchester City. Welcome back to MCW Fancast for our first episode of 2021. I'm Emma. Thanks for listening. On this week's show, we're joined by Alian Reeves from the Girls and Claret Blue podcast. Dare I even ask, how are you? <laughs> okay. Yeah, a bit disappointed, I think, covers a lot of emotions. Yeah, same as Ali, disappointed, but um, my concentration is uh, on the podcast. So you get to cheer us up, Emma, with a lovely uh, podcast. Try. I'm going to try and cheer an Nathan <laughs> up right now, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we had other plans this week uh, for this week's show as we look to preview our upcoming fixture against West Ham United this coming Saturday at the Academy Stadium. However... The FA uh, had other ideas following Thursday's announcement that Saturday's game would be postponed following four uh, positive COVID test cases and a number of other mitigating factors that have affected the Man City squad. It's been a week for me that has unravelled as really what can for me only be described as a bit of an all-time low for the women's game. Um, there's been a fair bit to process and um, though the official communication has been very brief uh, and we won't really speak of any speculation or name any players individually here but the fallout from across the week has been something that I think has upset and has disappointed many uh, with many fans taking to social media to have their say on the matter I mean obviously just wanting to get your thoughts on on things and how you guys are feeling about the week's news. Go on, I'll let Reese go first. <laughs> well, my answer to this, I, I, I like to be constructive with this because um, I think it's important to remember I've, I've looked at a lot of social media today and I understand people's um, frustration about games getting postponed. However, um, we are in a pandemic. These uh, players, not the ones that went on holiday, but... The, um, I think in terms of Man City West Ham, that game being postponed, I sort of do side with the FA and postponing it. And my reason for that is because, um, first of all, uh, the, the tests are not um, 100%. So there could be, we could play with a Man City 14 players and then our players get infected. And some of our players may have family members um, with that go into the high-risk high category and, and live with them. So I think it's true, but it's important to remember these players are human. There's a risk factor to every game. And the FA have side with um, caution to protect West Ham um, players as well as Man City. Um, so I, I do side with them on that. Um, however, talking about players going abroad through Christmas, I have to say I think it's a complete disgrace. It's, uh, it's an embarrassment to the NHS, an embarrassment to people like me, you uh, and Ali. Um, and I think it's um, it's also important to remember, and um, from my side, my side and other people in this world speaking personally, um, we've lost family members in this pandemic, and it would have been really easy for us to go and take a holiday this Christmas abroad to Dubai, but we didn't because it wasn't right for the nation. So I think it's important these players remember that and really take a strong look at themselves. I think you give the uh, FA a bit too much credit, Reese, if I'm honest. Um, because I don't want to like pick on Man City, but you look at the Man City Bristol game where Bristol got absolutely annihilated by Man City. 
they asked for a postponement because they had five players that had to isolate due to COVID. Mm. FA said, no, you can field a 14-player team. You have to play. Man City has not the biggest squad because that goes to Chelsea, but they have one of the biggest squads. They could easily have fielded 14 players. It just feels like they're protecting that top three and the rest of us, well, that's tough. I think my response to that would be two different situations. This time we're in a national lockdown. Before then we wasn't. I don't even think Manchester was in tier three or four. I think it was tier two for the Bristol City game. So I think it's two different situations. Um, And I also don't think there was any positive tests in the Bristol squad. Um, there was one positive which, test and they had, the rest had to shield because they were living in the same house. So okay, there was so then, a positive test. So that um, time the FA were wrong. Yeah, that's what I'm saying though. I just think it's... And that's what's annoyed everybody, whether they're right or wrong to do it because of the amount of people. That's what's annoyed everybody. Is they've made Bristol, who are fighting for their place in this league, play a game when they've got a similar amount of players out. But Manchester City, they've turned around and given a bye when they easily could play that game. They could eat because Man City is one of the few clubs that doesn't really have player housing anymore. The players that play for Man City can afford to live on their own and shield on their own. Some have decided not to do that. That's fair enough. But it does so feel like it's, and it's the same with the Arsenal game. It feels like they've gone for the top three and gone, oh, you might be embarrassed by losing to a lower team. We can't have that. We'll give you a buy for this week. And I just feel that considering it wasn't from a normal national if if the stories are true it hasn't come from just day-to-day life Mm -hmm. they have made a choice to go abroad and then possibly bring it back it's not like with West Ham before Christmas we had the outbreak because they were living in Essex which had one of the highest R rates Mm -hmm. in the country that I can understand if it'd been the same if it'd been Manchester massive um, pandemic outbreak happened to have four players go down fair enough I would have given the buy. It's the fact that they've gone out abroad and come back and then suddenly tested positive that I'm just like, no, you either have to play the game or the FA gives us a buy. We get the three points and three goals taken off our goal difference. Well, my response to these players, and I do have to say, if I was the FA, I would find that I'd actually ask the clubs if they don't know what player, um, which players win abroad. Social media has uh, let the UFA investigate many themselves, thankfully, and I'd ban them for uh, about six games to teach these players that this isn't acceptable and we're not letting you take our league at risk, which is what they've done. Obviously, the circumstances surrounding the players going abroad, the club obviously stated that they had their support with uh, Tom Gary. They reporting in the media that you know, when the story broke about the COVID cases. And that really surprised me, in essence. I mean, the difference, if you're comparing the Arsenal situation to the Manchester situation, see the players that travelled abroad, travelled whilst London was in a Tier 4 status. Obviously, Manchester, was in, at the time, was in a Tier 3 status. And there is a risk involved with that. You still make the decision to go. I had a holiday booked. I made the decision to cancel it and move it to go at a a time when it was safer to do so. You know, it's the decisions that are are the make and break of where we're at. And regardless of, you know, whether they've gone abroad and picked it up in Dubai and come back, as far as I know, if you fly from Dubai back to the UK before you 
come back to the UK, you do have to get a test. It, it, it is a really unique situation that we're in. And obviously, we're also dealing with a, a, a stronger variant of COVID. And I'm sure that's going to play a factor too. And that's just not for, for City, Arsenal. This is, you know, for clubs across the country, we've seen this with the men's game, you know, Fulham, Aston Villa, you know, they've closed down their, their training facility today. Is this just something that we're going to see now throughout you know, the elite tiers of football that are still playing. Is this something that we now have to have the conversation about? Do we, you know, I mean, like um, Jennifer, she kicks today mentioned, you know, do we have to have or think about a fire break? Is it getting to a point now where things are becoming a bit too hard to manage? I have to say, I want to pick up on Reese's point before I hit that. You said about that they've done it to protect West Ham because we might have vulnerable um, family members. What about mm-hmm. their own teammates? If you take Arsenal, for example, um, Jen Beattie has just come out and announced that she had yeah. breast cancer. She's had chemo, not much, but she's had some sort of radiation. Disease. That's going to knock her immune system way down. Well, you're not thinking of your own teammate. Look at Steph. Her husband has got um, is it MS? Yeah, motor neurons disease. Motor neurons disease. That makes him a vulnerable person. So are you not thinking about your captain and her husband when you go abroad? And you're they've already got to shield enough. They've already got enough to deal with, but they're not thinking of unthinking teammates that have thought about themselves over. <laughs> the situation as a whole so that just is one of the things that annoys me in terms of a fire break i think we need to now it's getting to the point where we need to maybe shift the season and think more about having more summer games this season just to knock it on the head because it is so infectious and we've got everybody in such close quarters it's like, is it just going to be continuously games cancelled because there's been COVID outbreaks? With circuit breakers, though, I think that the main trouble with them is um, I think they just delay the inevitable, really. I think you have a four-week circuit breaker. If we're still in this mess, the same thing happens again. I think you actually have to make a, a really strong decision of, OK, maybe instead of having a circuit breaker, we'll suspend the season for two months because that gives us more of a sustainable time to get this infection rate with the country down, which well reflects um, what government's doing because I think this lockdown's until the 31st of March. Um, and then we extend the end date of the season by them two months. Like you said, Ali, play in the summer. This time the players hopefully won't go on holiday early. Um, and, and we can get the season finished in a more safer environment. Uh, and that's the key word, safer environment. I just think the news that's come out this week, I just think on a greater scale, there's a, a bigger you know, problem at hand. And, and it comes back down to COVID and it comes back down to, you know, what we're all living with, you know, taking football out of the equation. You know, we've just had a Christmas where... You know, we've all seen our families. Well, I haven't, to be fair, because do you know what I mean? But do you know what I mean? It it, it really does come in, it really does come into the fold and the forefront. You know, you've had players that haven't even left the country that have still probably gone to visit family, you know, in Scotland or London or wherever. Do you know what I mean? Even just for that one day, maybe, and they've still mixed house, you know, households. I mean, we've got one player that is come into contact with somebody that has tested positive and now they have to self-isolate. Do you know what I mean? And when obviously we're all seeing, you know, the, the figures that are coming out in the, the news every day and the, the increase in um, cases and, and the R rate is just going back up and it's just, it's just getting out of control and it is scary. 
no absolutely and also it's going back to what happened with the WSL players it's a kick in the teeth of the lower tier players when you've the yeah. news that's also come out this week which I'm sure we'll discuss is the fact that they're talking they might decide the FA Cup rounds by a coin toss yeah. because they don't know if they can get um, the games playing and these players have like for the most part self-isolated locked themselves down in the hope that they'll be able to carry on playing and yeah it just it feels like they've taken the WSL players have a sense of normality some of us wish for and they have taken advantage of that sense of normality. Kelly Simmons, again, um, she's been speaking out and, you know, talking about this coin toss and, and saying it's, it, they're thinking it's, it could be the only way forward in, in terms of getting the competition done. I mean, it's a bit of an injustice to those, those teams that, you know, haven't got the elite status, that are wanting to participate in this, in this top competition and you're just taking it away from her, and it's and it just seems so unreasonable. That uh, quote um, is the only way forward. It, it, it's ironic for her to say that because this is the same FA of when the first lockdown came around, and I think it was we was at the quarterfinal stage, and I think everybody had well, it was all an all WSL encounter. They left it until the next season, and they delayed that one. So why can't they delay this one um, uh, and make may maybe make the the FA Cup final later in the summer. Um, I, I think it's just because they've seen it. They say it's non-elite teams. Um, one thing is they know is there's no testing. Um, and instead of delaying it and taking the right decision, they, I think they're looking to take the easy one of, OK, let's have a coin toss and let's get on to the bigger picture of the WSL teams. So I think that's their attitude. It just, it just seems to me wrong, simply just wrong you know it there's it, it's just so disappointing I'm just completely disappointed by everything I've heard everything I've read everything I've seen this week social media mm-hmm. everything and it's just really disheartening and and at the moment I can't see no positives um and I don't want this to be like a really <laughs> negative pod uh this week but Honestly, I can't find find the good in anything at the minute. Um, I mean, with regards to the rescheduling as well, obviously we're going to see now, you know, we've already got a couple of games, a couple of teams with games in hand. You know, uh, we're going to have rescheduling due to COVID for those postponements this weekend from City um, and West Ham, from Arsenal and Villa. Birmingham, obviously, weathered pitch. And that's obviously got to come into, into the factor as well because the challenge now potentially is to, to find a way of rescheduling these games. And as the, the schedule gets more con- congested, we're going to have another problem. Yeah, I think it's, it is just one thing after another with this um, season. Um, however, going back to that FA Cup point, Emma, it's sort of ironic what the FA are doing as well of, Okay, we'll punish the, the the smaller teams and not let them play their FA Cup tie when their players haven't done anything wrong. With the WSL teams in in, in Man City's case, if um, the story with the West Ham players true, our case, you know, I won't take it away from one player of our side, um, Arsenal's case, but we'll we'll grant them their wish and, and we won't punish them at all um, for breaking national COVID nineteen restrictions. Um, so, you know, um, and one thing as well that's important when you're of an FA is consistency, and there is none. And I, th- I think that's a fair point. I mean, if I was a Bristol fan, 
Um, obviously, given the news that's obviously come out today, I'd be hugely disappointed and feel a bit of injustice has been done there because, you know, like you said, Ali, before they obviously wanted the game to be postponed, the game was played. For me, on a personal level, I can't really see any reason why we couldn't have footed a team for the weekend. They talk about mitigating factors. It's very vague, so we don't really know what they are, but... We've obviously lost Sam and um, Laval that have obviously stayed out in America for their um, January camp, which we don't know if that was planned, but it, it sounds as though it was. If it was just normal circumstances and we'd, you know, Sam and, and Rose were out in America and, you know, we obviously hadn't have got these COVID uh, positive tests, then I don't think it probably would have been as highlighted uh, as much given uh, the news this week I think if it was just the normal you know we're heading into the game without any issues or um, squad concerns then it would have been okay but I think given the situation it obviously does have a, a huge impact on the squad uh, we've obviously got two players out to injury and we don't with the extra player that we've lost to self-isolation as well but I still can't see how we wouldn't have been able to front a scene for that game I think would have been stretched for sure. You know, even heading into the midweek, I, I think it would have been a real struggle against Chelsea. But we still could have played those games and let's just get them done and out mm-hmm. of the way. It just, yeah. we need the consistency. And, we, and if, if anything, we need it now going forward. You know, if it's Bristol again, or if it's Birmingham, the same rule should apply. Exactly, because it's like, it's self-inflicted. That's the thing that's annoyed me most is the fact that it is self-inflicted. And it's like, okay, you postpone the game, but or you cancel the game. You don't postpone the game, you cancel the game. And because it's self-inflicted, you punish the players and you and that's it. And you just cancel the game and then you award the points to the other players. And I would be saying that if it was West Ham. If I said if West Ham players had done it, I would have been saying the same thing. You cancel the game, you award the points to the other team because it's all self-inflicted. Ali's just enlightened me on something there. Is this game going to be re... Is it been a... Is... As the WSL said, we're going to play this game at a later date. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, then. And now I know why. Um, yeah. You said it's completely disgusting. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Man, the Man City players have inflicted this on themselves. Okay, not all of them, um, as, as far as we know. Um, uh, and as well, you have to question the club's mentality here with uh, Man City. And I think Arsenal as well, if they've allowed their players to go. Especially Arsenal with um, Jim Beattie's situation. Um, no, no consideration at all there um, and at the end of the day the clubs have allowed it so it, it again it comes down to the club uh, and we should we should get the three points and I mean okay there is the West Ham player situation however that's just one um, as far as we know there's been no Covid impact from, from what happened there um, so yeah I think we should get the three points but you know imagine how frustrated um, Ollie must be, you know, he must have been rubbing his hands all, all week at the possibility of playing a weekend Man City. His first game, we could really get the West Ham fans on board, um, which he actually did after his interview for me, to be fair. Um, but, you know, that's, that is a disgrace. Now I understand the full picture. I thought the game was cancelled, not postponed. Sorry, <laughs> Um <laughs> Should we see? sanctioning of players yes yeah yeah because absolutely because they know what the risks are and it's 
like they've brought it I don't want to say they brought it upon themselves but they knew what the risk was like for example if a player has mixed households in the UK for Christmas Day that wasn't against the rules because they lightened it up for Christmas of course we're now paying for it but you can mix households on Christmas Day it's the one day you got <laughs> Reese is giving me a look not in London I don't think uh yeah no I don't know if London they didn't let you but the rest of the country you're allowed to mix households for Christmas okay. Day it's the one day you got instead of the four that they were thinking of it's the fact that they've sat in a tin can for so many hours in recycled air and they've only thought about themselves and I think that's the only deterrent you're going to get that's the only deterrent you're going to get is if you sanction players if you personally pick them out and say you're banned from playing games you find them or you find the club it's the only way you're going to stop them from doing it because what happens when we next go find both yeah, what happens if you next go on an international break um, that happens and the players that aren't on playing for their club, their, inter- their country, decide to go on a jolly? It's, well, you didn't punish them. Why are you trying to punish me? You have to start it now and start the punishments now. You know, I think the allowing players to go on an international break has, has really had an impact on their decision because I think some of their attitudes would be, especially um, some of them were, internationals of their countries okay if i can go and you know play for england and travel abroad with no not really um any restrictions well i know england have been playing england but for other countries in in, in that aspect okay i'll go on holiday no i think that's made a real impact on their decision for me you see you you always see play, some players in dubai at new year christmas <laughs> So it, it wasn't a last minute thing. Know that it would probably be a planned holiday break, whatever. But we all we all have a, a choice, don't we? Whether you're a football player, whether you you know Joe blogs down the road, whatever, you have a choice. It was a risk, and it's not come off. And now we're paying a price for it. Your teammates could have paid the price, are playing the price for it. Your fans are paying the price for it, and so is the rest. Of, of women's football because now there's a bit of an uproar and people want action for what's happened I mean what do you feel that we need to see now from clubs moving forward will an apology be enough uh, no Emma not not for me for people uh, and, and other people especially I know I've mentioned it once in, in my situation where I, I'd actually maybe um like to have a um maybe a meeting with these players or at least show them something um, of the impact this has had on, on my family and the fact um, on Christmas Day after my mum, this was her first Christmas without my dad, she couldn't even see um, some of their kids and, and that really broke her over Christmas. So for the fact for them, knowing people would be under the exact same um, precautions of, of having that impact on their mental health, and for them to go to Dubai is completely disgusting. And for me, personally, I won't accept that apology. They should be strongly sanctioned. Yeah, I don't think an apology is going to be enough, especially because we're all being told that we have to be in this together and they clearly weren't. They were in it for themselves. Um, like you, Emma, I had a holiday book this year. I was supposed to celebrate my 30th um, away and we made the decision it's not safe to go. So we've postponed it until we can safely go and it's just clearly everybody's mental health is taking a beat in right now and we need to be in this to try and get it down and they clearly weren't i don't think they should be named and shamed i'm not that kind of person that thing why not because it is a health thing it is a health and you should have privacy in your health you just should 
as far as I'm concerned. I don't think they should be name and shamed. If you want to do some detective work, you can pretty much work out who it was. But I think that they, the club should be fined and the action should be taken that they have points deducted. Like, they lose the points. And we no, gain them. Yeah, because yeah, no offence to West Ham. We haven't had the best track record against Man City. <laughs> like, we haven't. But if you'd played the 14 players that I know you could have played, we had a shot. We had a decent shot. And to have that taken away, to then play a full mm-hmm. strength Man City, it just doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. doesn't sit right. And it's the same with Villa and Arsenal. To have then Villa have to play a full strength Arsenal, it just doesn't. It just doesn't sit right. I get what you're saying. With Emma, can I, can I, sorry, can I quickly ask you a question uh, as a Man City fan? Is if you're in um, West Ham shoes, do you think we should get the three points as well? I just think the game should have been played, Reese. I, I just can't see why we couldn't put a team out. <laughs> Even with the academy team coming into the mix, I mean, I don't know how it works because of the bubble situation. Um, I know we haven't got really a lot of players transitioning from the academy team to the first team at the moment because most of the the younger players that we've got within the squad are already within the first team sort of thing. And we haven't really seen any recent players from the academy coming up to the first team. And obviously with the cancellation of of the, the lower leagues, at elite level, I think the academy could still go ahead, but I'm not too sure what kind of an impact that would have had at the the campus sort of thing. So, and with obviously coming back after the Christmas break as well, uh, there hadn't been much time for the integration into the camp. So mm-hmm. I'm not too sure how that would have worked, if I'm honest. But I think you still could have done. Like, I'm just thinking about yeah. back in the- Oh, yeah. I, I, like, I, I think I put on Twitter, I think I put out, a you know, a yeah. basic, you know, starting 11, you know, Barsley and Gold, Esme, Horton, Bonner, Stokes, uh, Weir, Jill, yeah. Becky. And then you've got Chloe Kelly, Ellen Stan White, Stanway. That's go. what I'm saying. Like, in my head, I was like, because, you know, I used to follow Man City quite closely, so I do know the players. And I'm just thinking in my head, I'm going back to our first season in WSL. There's a game against Bristol where our bench was Jilly. And that yeah. was it, like, because of suspensions and injuries and things like that. And we still had to play it. They didn't give us any dispensation because our bench was one player who wasn't going to play. So, yeah, you might not have had your full five... <laughs> Mm-hmm. on your bench but you would have been able to put forward a 14 player squad you know what I wish I, wish I wish there was more information because I, I really yeah. want I have something to argue this point with but I haven't got anything do you yeah. know what I mean and at the, at the moment I kind of just want I want a statement I want reasons why there's been a, a lot you know on Twitter you know yourself probably seen a lot of the conversations and mm. a lot of different fans have got a lot of different opinions and views on this situation you know I think there's been other clubs that have been affected by similar situations but obviously haven't impacted the squad in terms of uh, testing and positive results I just think like you said if we if we're comparing this to the men's game and I don't like doing it it wouldn't happen. It's mm. so many inconsistencies and they want the WSL to grow. They want it to be recognised as a professional lead and they need to start treating it as such because at the minute it's embarrassing and it doesn't look good on the FA at all. You know, I've, with this, you know, I follow non-league in the men's game heavily, uh, heavily and I think, you know, the National League have been more professional um, from, from what I can see from, uh, from the outside of that league. So, if they can be professional with their decisions and consistent, which is important, 
Why can't the FA of the FAWSL? Yeah, I, I just don't know. I just think it's disappointing. And like you said, it's it's an, it's not fair on the players that have you know stayed in the country that have missed the opportunity of, of going home to see their families. They've made the decision to stay. You know, Tobin Heath, uh, Christine Press have stayed in Man- uh, Manchester. You know, they could have gone home. They chose not to. They stayed. You know, other players, Jackie Gronin as well, you know, she chose to stay. It, you know, they made a sacrifice and they've prioritised. That's what it's shown. You see where the priorities lie. And I, and I think that's just what's disappointing most can't, you can't argue with that. <sighs> right, what can we talk about? Tell us about, about tell us about Ollie. Tell I was going to say, do you want to talk about our new tell manager? Tell us about Ollie. Come on. I, I mean, you must be chuffed. New manager. Um, obviously, you were really looking forward to to getting things underway. It would be the first game in charge. Mm. Different approach, different attitude. He spoke really well in the interviews that he's done with the club as well. So, how have you, as fans, received him? And are you looking forward to? to getting him stuck in with the team and, and hopefully building on a better success for West Ham. I think the interviews has done him well. I know from the people that I've spoken to, when his name got first announced, there was a lot of disappointment because obviously other bigger names were thrown <laughs> yes, about. There was some big um, names put around. Yes, some bigger names were thrown about. And to be honest, most people never heard of him. And like you Google him, there's not much mm-hmm. on him. So a lot of people were disappointed and it did feel like West Ham had gone for the cheaper option. There's a surprise. In, in a, exactly. In appointing him. That's what it felt like. However, since coming out with his interviews and the stuff he's been saying about how he's with West Ham, I think that's made a lot of fans really like him because he seems to get the West Ham ethos, which is you work hard and the fans will love you. And he's got that sort of... I don't think he's going to stand no nonsense, which I think we needed for a few of our players um, coming in. We needed that manager that going to come in and be like right you either do it or you go I'm not babying you which I think we kind of need with some of our players I've, I've done a bit of research on Ollie actually and I am um, uh, quite a bit out um, not a lot like you said Ali because yeah. it, it was really hard I had to dig deep to get this information but I remember saying on the Girls and Fire and Blue um, podcast on American Hammers that I wanted to see a young manager um, with young ideas uh, to help our younger players and at first the impression was Alex Scott and then you know to be fair that was never going to happen and um, so I like the model Jack and, and and the club has chosen young young manager with these young players but what I really liked about the interview wasn't just what about what he said about on the playing field it was the facts he was saying things like a working class club for working people so he, he really took deep thought and actually, what he was going to say before that interview, he, he's done a lot of the research about the club, I think, actually. And, and he's got a really good understanding, even before he's gone through the door on his first day, what this club's about. And that will speak volumes to the players. I mean, you could just imagine you're sitting there with this new manager, which I don't know if any of our players would have ever heard of. And then he would have gave that speech. That would have inspired you that this guy's your manager. And I think he, he's a great speaker. He sounds like a great motivator. And, and it's, a, it's a fresh idea and a fresh voice and one that can really pump you up for the games. Um, and if we would have played against Man City, and I think we've got Durham next in the Conti Cup, I think we're going to see a, a very fast, energetic West Ham that don't give up until 
the uh, final whistle. So I'm really excited to see what Oli does here. I mean, were you a little bit disappointed, though? Because Jane Ludlow looked like a cert. I was. I don't know about Reese, but I was. That's what I'm saying. When it first got announced, a lot of the thing was, oh, it's not Jane. And the second one was, ooh. Yeah. It just it did feel like West Ham had gone for the cheaper option. It was a big surprise because... I mean, I think it was Emma Sanders that reported that it mm. it was it looked as though Jane Ludlow was coming in, and and then it all of a sudden sort of got a bit retracted, and then it was a bit like, oh right, what's going on here? Like as if did it was kind of as if the decision had been made, but at the last minute something mm-hmm. you know I don't know if Ollie had come in or you know like you said, there's there's not much information about him, but in terms of like the fit going forward. He is the kind of guy that you'd want, you know, from how he spoke, he seems to really want to get, you know, the morale up in the team and the belief as well that West Ham can go on and achieve. The thing with Jane Ludlow, though, I have to be honest, is I never believed it was going to happen just because, you know, I I know with the owners, they sort of do go back on getting these um, big names in a a lot with the men's team. So to be honest, I I just didn't believe it was going to happen. I always felt like there could be that little switch of hold on don't announce Jane yet uh, I mean I could just imagine Jack Jane's there doing an interview and Jack goes nope you ain't got the job Ollie come in and do the interview <laughs> that would be the sort of decisions um, they make at our football club um, however you know um, in in hindsight you know maybe in four weeks we could be speaking about a West Ham that's got three wins in three um, with Ollie Harder in charge and me and Ali are sitting on a podcast you know uh, complimenting Jack on, his, on, his, on the um, decision so we just have to wait I think for me one of the things if he can get done then he will really win the Finzo fans over is if he can convince Emily Van Eggman to stay oh yeah she's due she, her contract ended in December but Orlando Pride is not looking like the greatest of um, options at the moment and I know they've lost a couple of players yeah and we've seen that with Alana Kennedy as well haven't exactly. we because you know, that was obviously looked to be a short, short-term loan. And then, you know, she signed She signed for the mm-hmm. club now. She's staying. I mean, that's a bit of a turnaround for the books. And she has done really well at Tottenham as well. Yeah. So I'm hoping that she's going to end up a bit like Alana Kennedy, not like uh, Alex Morgan. <laughs> yeah. We're not talking about Alex Morgan on here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I know it's been a bit of a... It's not usually how I do the podcast, but I, I didn't want to not address the the week because mm-hmm. I, it kind of feels a bit like the elephant in the room, you know what I mean, with everything that's gone on. I think, you know, we've all had a say on it. We've all been quite honest and about how we feel about things. And, and it would be, hopefully, you know, moving forward, something that the club do address or the FA addresses or even the players themselves address because I feel that it is um, something that shouldn't just be swept under the rug. Uh, I think it's something that needs to be uh, dealt with head on. I think lessons have been learned for sure. And, and let's hope now, you know, moving forward that the safety and the COVID protocol is adhered to. It's so important right now. I'm hoping, you know, we get to see each other soon, but I don't think think we're (laughs) in circumstances. Uh, But, you know, it's always great to chat to you both and I appreciate your time tonight and um, hopefully we'll catch up soon. Yeah, get us back from when the game goes ahead. Yeah, we will. (laughs) Of course we will. Um, But cheers, guys, and I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Emma. Thanks, Emma.